Happy New Year. Welcome into the first Wake and Take of 2024. We have some football to talk about today, and I'll be joined with a very special guest as we do things a little bit differently. So why don't we go ahead, pull out our coffee, talk some football, and enjoy the show. And today we are joined by none other than my friend, my trade god brethren, Maddie Kiwoom himself, as we preview the New Year's bowl games. We're going to be talking some rookie content today. Maddie, how are you doing? Doing good, doing, doing good. You know, just wiping the sleep away from my eyes, getting ready for wake and take, loving it. Uh, but I'm excited to be on. I'm excited to talk rookies. I've kind of started the process of diving into the rookies. Uh, so I'm ready to talk some 2024 rookie drafts, some 2024, all that good stuff. Yeah, right. And for those not in the know, you might have had a new show premiere last week called Blue Chips. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so Blue Chips is going to be where Destiny, uh, where Debbie meets Dynasty, all through the lens of college football, bringing you the stars on Saturdays before they become the stars of Sunday. Uh, so the first episode came out. I kind of went through uh, the playoff the playoff games, a couple players uh, in each of those games, a couple other players in the, the New Year's Six Bowl games. Um, so, yeah, check that out. It's over at the Player Profiler YouTube channel, and those will be coming out more. And make sure you leave comments on the video. Like, what do you want to hear about? Do you want to be positional breakdowns, uh, player you know highlights, player full-on deep dives. Well, whatever you guys want is what I'm bringing you because I'm starting that process. Those gears are now a turning when we're looking at 2024 and beyond. Nice. Yeah, I love it. I, I can't wait to watch some more episodes this season as I get also prepared for my own rookie drafts. You not only have blue chips, Matikiwun, but you're also working on Futurecast as well. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and plug that? I know the people know it, but go ahead. So the future cast, you guys know it started by with Ray Garvin a few years ago, made famous by the great Cody Carpentier. And now Theo OG Greminger and I, we've taken the reins. We're running with it. We're doing rookie mocks over there. It's we have guests on. Uh Blue Chips is kind of the the deep dives, the under the lens, in the lab type of content where future cast is gonna be great discussions, having people on, having guests on, doing mock drafts, all that good stuff. So you can check that out as well. Yeah, and not only that. Me and you will be heading down to Mobile, Alabama in just a few weeks for the Senior Bowl. So there was no one better. Senior Bowl. It's got to be so good. Dude, so good. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. So we've talked about what makes you qualified to talk about some rookies today, and that's what we're going to do. I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know if I'm qualified. It's just stuff I'm doing. Yeah, right. That's what we're doing. You know, you're, you're the best guest to do this with. And we have some New Year's bowl games today. Some of the biggest ones with lots of incoming rookies in these games. So I kind of wanted to talk about that. But before we talk about the bowl games themselves, is there just anyone in general that is coming in that we're probably not going to talk about in this episode, whether they've already played their bowl game, not performing in these upcoming games, just in general, someone that is really catching your eye? So the guy, I would say, on a game-specific basis, but also, but also also, but also can't speak now, but also on the course of the season, Cody Schrader running back from Missouri. He's going to come out as a senior, um, had over a hundred yards of touchdown against Ohio state as the Mizzou Tigers took down the Ohio state Buckeyes, um, on, I think that was for, that'd be Friday night. So yeah, the, he looks good. He's, you know, he's a, a really good runner this year. He's, he's had some good stats, uh, 
good size to him. He's a little short, but he's compact. I think he can handle a little bit of workload at the NFL level. So that's a player that we're not going to talk about today, but I've been impressed with him over the course of the season. And then again, against their, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes in a bowl game, over 100 and a touchdown was definitely the best player in that game. It's good to see. Finished eighth in the Heisman, too, by the way. That, I mean, that sounds like really good qualifications, especially for running back. So what was the name again? <laughs> Cody Schrader. All right, everyone. Schrader. Keep that super name. Schrader. Ooh, Super Schrader. Uh, or what? Schrader from Breaking Bad? I, it doesn't matter. I don't know why we're going. <laughs> uh, so we have, I think it's five games. I think it's been brought down from six to five for some reason on New Year's. But we've got a bunch of games to break down. And we'll start with the least important one. The Relia Quest Bowl. This is Wisconsin versus LSU. Two unranked teams, but there are still some players in this game heading into the NFL. When you hear Wisconsin, when you hear LSU, Maddie, who who do you or who who's incoming to the NFL that you're most excited about? It's all on the LSU side of the ball. Uh, when yeah. it comes to Wisconsin, I don't believe Braylon Allen is playing. He's already declared for the NFL draft. He's my running back one in this class. You're talking about a guy who has. I'm not going to call him Derrick Henry size because he's Derrick Henry is such an anomaly at the running back position, but 6'2", big kid, fast. He's got, you know, he's what I like about Braylon Allen uh, is we've seen his pass catches, his receptions go up over his course of his career at Wisconsin. So it's showing that maybe he's getting more competent, more comfortable, showing better hands. So that would be the guy that I would have loved to talk about when it comes to uh, the Wisconsin side of the football. But I'm also going to talk about the, the LSU side, because again, it's, it stinks now that the, the bowls have become so irrelevant because we're not going to see Jane Daniels. Um, I don't think Ismail neighbors playing. He is actually both uh, him and Brian Thomas have come out. They want to end on a high note. Well, I love that. I love that competing them. But those are two really good receivers. We're going to see Malik neighbors selected in the upper half of the first round of the NFL. draft. Brian Thomas, um, although I'm a little bit more worried about a guy like Brian Thomas, I just don't love that archetype in today's game. 6'5", under 200 pounds. I've heard the comparison, A.J. Green. I don't love it. I think he has too much of that Terrace Marshall, Quinton Johnston in his game, and I just it, it, that sour taste just never leaves my mouth. So I don't love Brian Johnson, but he is going to come in with good draft capital, probably second-round pick. Um, I've seen some mocks have him in the first. I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't think that's really a – an indictment on him. I think that's a a a, a, a shout out, a shouting out. A, a, what do you want to call? A kudos to the class of, of wide receivers. This is a great class yeah. wide receiver, and Malik Neighbors would be the number one wide receiver in this class with a bullet if it wasn't for the generational talent that is Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, but Malik Neighbors is great. Um, I think he should have won the 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 Benaric, is that how you say it? The the wider the best wide receiver award that did go to Harrison. I think it should have went to neighbors. He just had a, a fantastic season. Over fifty receiving yards this year, over uh ten touchdowns this year. Um and when you watch him play at six one, uh, about two hundred uh, about 190 pounds, he reminds me of Buffalo Bills, Stefan Diggs. Okay. Where if you can remember back when Diggs played for Minnesota, the way they used him was definitely in the complimentary role. He goes to Buffalo and he's the alpha. I think Neighbors is the alpha version of Stephon Diggs. He's got a similar frame. He's dangerous up and down the field. I love Malik Neighbors. Yeah, I love him too. I mean, everything I've been reading about him is not only how high he'll get drafted, but just how versatile 
of a wide receiver. He is 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns. You can never complain about that. But especially when the other wide receiver, Brian Thomas, had over 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns for himself. Uh, that's two very productive wide receivers. I did want to ask, do you think any of it, if at all, is part of J- Jaden Daniels? Or do you really just think that both of these wide receivers are also really good? I hate to say this because I do believe in Jaden Daniels' ceiling. I believe in his talent. But I think that his extraordinary season comes more off of the playmakers than it was the other way around. I don't think that I think if you were to let's say swap Daniels out with another quarterback, I think that the receivers would help that quarterback more than Daniels would help out lesser wide receivers. But I do love Daniels. I'm not saying that he's not a good player. I do think he's going to be a, a I, I think a top five pick in the NFL draft. I think he's going to have similar helium that Anthony Richardson have uh, had last year, where scouts and GMs are just going to be. Uh, they're going to be enamored with his athletic ability, uh, the rushing, the rushing ceiling, the, the throwing ceiling. He's got a great arm, uh, but no, the, the the pass catchers are for real. Um, I just I, again, I don't know how much I I'm going to put in the, ta- the the prospect profile of Brian Thomas, but Malik Neighbors is Himothy.com. I love that. I love that. So make sure you keep your eyes on Malik Neighbors, guys. You might miss out on Marvin Harrison Jr., but it will not be the end of the world. And I know that Jade Daniels isn't playing but I do think that that's who the Falcons will end up with if they don't get Justin Fields. And I think that would be a pretty good landing spot for a talent like him. There's one player that is playing in this game that we have not talked about that will be entering the draft and probably means nothing. And that is Hayden Rucci, the senior tight end for the Wisconsin Badgers, 6'4", 250 pounds, but he only has 16 catches over his collegiate career. Probably going to be a blocker if he's drafted at all. He could be one of those late round guys you see it every year. Where yeah. um, this year was the the big donkey with Dur- uh, Durham something Durham in Tampa Bay. He was mm-hmm. I think from Purdue. Uh, you see that often, so I think you could see that go late late in the draft. But we don't care fantasy. No, no, no fantasy implications really there. Unless you know he pops off at the Senior Bowl or something, we'll we'll see. But I doubt it with that with that uh, with that resume. So the next less important bowl game, which used to be an awesome one, the Citrus Bowl. Uh, Iowa is playing Tennessee, so there's some good players on either side. When you hear those team names, who do you think of first? So (laughs) the guy that I think of first is not even – well, let's let's first start with the guys that are not playing for Tennessee. Uh, Joe Milton and their running back – What's his name? Jalen Wright. Jalen Wright. I don't know why. Which is Jalen Wright has had a great season. He's probably been, you know, top two or three running backs in the SEC all year. Uh, Neither of them guys are playing this week or in their bowl game, I should say. But Joe Milton, we're going to see him uh, in Mobile. Uh, He's got a big arm, really, really strong arm. Uh, So that's something um, to be excited for. I think, but it's it sucks that we're not going to see him uh, in the bowl game. But the game that we're going to be, we are going to see. And I had to look it up because it, I, I am terrible with names, and he's got a tough one. But it's Nico. Nico, I am Oliva. I am Oliva. I believe is how you say it, but I could be wrong. I'm terrible with names. But this kid is a five star stud quarterback prospect. He's going to get the start. It's a new era. It's the Nico era down in Tennessee. The Volunteers have themselves a young, 
potential stud at quarterback. And we're going to get to see him play against Iowa. And man, oh man, is that a test to start your career with. Iowa has been one of the premier defenses over my over the last 10 years. But this year, I mean, they've become a meme, a joke, where the Vegas can't set the over-under low enough because they are going to go under it. Um, but in terms of the offensive side of the ball for Iowa, there's really nothing here I'm excited about. Sometimes they have running backs this year. Not There's nothing really I'm pumped about to watch. Uh, but it's really just seeing how Nico can handle this really, really tough defense. Yeah, I, I'm honestly with you here. I looked around and looked around and looked around, and uh, there's a couple players that could be interesting that I'll definitely keep my eye on down in Mobile. One is the Tennessee tight end, McCollin Castles. 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 He's a senior, 200 or 252 pounds, 6'5", so good size. And he actually had some production. It's hard to have college production as a tight end, but nearly 300 yards and four touchdowns, six seasons in college football. So hopefully say he is 35 years old. Right. Yeah. So six seasons, in, in the, in, which is, but I mean, that's fine for tight end, right? I mean, they yeah. take forever to blossom. Uh, we'll see what his draft capital is, but it's really just him. There's no one on Iowa. There's Eric all who used to play for Michigan transferred for good reason. Nico Regani, who looks like nothing really at all. And uh, LaShawn Williams, who hasn't even declared yet. And also really not that good. So, so not that exciting of a game really at all, but I do no, like the, no. That, that Tennessee quarterback, though, that should be fun. Uh, we want to see Nico. We got to see Nico. Gotta Tune see in Nico. for that. That'll be worth it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The next game, which I think is interesting that it's even happening, uh, that that it got uh, billed this way, I guess is how you'd say it. Oregon versus Liberty. So the number eight team in the country versus the 23 team. Uh, there's a lot of players actually in this game, especially on the Oregon side of the ball. Uh, but is there anyone you want to highlight in particular? Uh, two players I want to talk about, but there's three in this game that I think that we will all be uh, doing our research on when it comes to the fantasy side of things. But I want to talk about Bo Nix and Troy Franklin, the, the stack there over in Oregon. Bo Nix, uh, we, we saw him at Auburn. He flashed. He looked pretty good his freshman year in the SEC, but then kind of fizzled out, went up to Oregon's had two really good seasons, especially this year. This year he was uber accurate. Uh, 6'3", 214. The player comp that comes to mind when I watch him play is Alex Smith. And okay. Alex okay. Smith was not necessarily the guy that we're all excited about year to year for fantasy. Um, but he was in the league a long time. And if you can remember, he did have a top five season for the Chiefs uh, way back when. Uh, but yeah, the Knicks has been electric this year. Over 4,000 passing yards, 40 total touchdowns, only three picks. Crazy accuracy yeah. uh, this year. And I do believe he'll be a first-round pick. Um, I think in my mock, be on the lookout for my first mock 1.0. It's going to be coming out this week. Um, I think I have him going to the Raiders. Uh, but he's probably going to be, in my opinion, the fourth quarterback off the board. I think we see the two big ones, May and Williams. Jane Daniels is the third. And then I think Bo Nix is the fourth quarterback off the board. But I don't think that's it in terms of fourth uh, first-round uh, quarterbacks. We'll talk about the, the other one here in a minute. Uh, and the other guy I want to talk about is Troy Franklin. Okay. Because Troy Franklin looks like Jalen Hyatt, but better. Um, and I think he's going to be like Jalen Hyatt, but get better draft capital. I think this kid could creep up into the first round. Uh, I've seen him uh, at the back end of the first round. And there are such juicy landing spots towards the end of the first round. One that keeps coming to mind for me is the Kansas City Chiefs. They need yep. a downfield threat. Rashi Rice is a good intermediate guy. He's a good route runner. He's proving to be a good a guy that can handle volume. 
but they don't have that downfield threat. MBS is not him. McCole Hardman, even in his second stint, is not him. Troy Franklin could be that guy. Over 1,300 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns, super elusive. I mean, this guy is evasive. He is tough to tackle, even though he is pretty, even though he is pretty slender, and he can take the top off a defense. And the last guy I'll mention just briefly, Bucky Irving, the running back. Um, this running back class is proving to be very, very – we don't know. We don't know. If Travion Henderson does not come out, it's Braylon Allen, in my opinion, then Troy – you know, uh, we have Benson. We have someone else we'll talk about here in a minute. Someone I'm falling in love with, who I think could be the second best running back in this class. But Bucky Irving, he's a good player, 5'10, 195. So he doesn't meet that 200 pound threshold. So I don't know if he's going to have the the volume back as a potential outlier, but he's good at catching the football. He's good at a high pace offense. So he could be a good fit for us in fantasy as a nice satellite back. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. That was kind of one of the guys that caught my eye when I was doing the research for this. Has a third-round projection right now, back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons, 300 receiving yards in back-to-back -back years as well, with some solid size. So I think if he lands in a place that could use a back that is an all-purpose running back, that's definitely someone to keep your eye on. I like Bucky Irving a lot, and I love the speed call with Troy Franklin. There's an even speedier guy that we'll talk about in, in just a couple games. There's some fast wide receivers in this mm -hmm. draft class. I love the Chiefs mention. It might not be Troy Franklin. I think it could be. I like that call a lot. But whatever speedy guy they get is someone we're definitely going to be interested in for fantasy football. And again, I've just got to emphasize what you said about Bo Nix. 40 touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah. That has to be emphasized how good that is. I know he's been in the league for a while. I know he transferred out of Auburn and then gets the easy Pac-12. But still, I, I mean, a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over will have a long leash in the NFL, regardless of its first round draft capital, second round draft capital. Gonna be, I, I like I like that call a lot. I think that he's going to be a sneaky guy that just kind of hangs around. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks, not the first ones, but some quarterbacks drafted later in the draft that just hang mm -hmm. around. Matt Prescott. Better situations, better teams they go to. Sometimes yep. it all comes out in the wash, you know? Yep. So, so I like it. And then uh, there's no one on Liberty, actually. There's a couple juniors, but neither have done enough or have declared for the draft. So we won't even uh, really mention them. It's Quentin Cooley and CJ Daniels. If you just want some names to watch for maybe your Debbie leagues as Liberty is kind of producing players at a, at an interesting rate for, for such a small school, but the big ones, as you mentioned, Bucky Irving, Bo Nix, Troy Franklin, keep your eyes on those guys for sure. And maybe Tez Johnson, who is not declared, but another junior wide receiver with a thousand yards on Oregon this year. Um, but it's, it's time. We've made it now to the college football playoff games. But before we get into it, Maddie Kiwum, should Florida State have gotten the number four seed? No. No? Okay. Nope. Really? I know right, that. Well, it out because yeah. I want to have this debate on Wake and Take. We're taken. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I it, Okay. They weren't one of the best four teams. I know their record is, but that's an indictment on their conference. They didn't have their starting quarterback. I, I, I think the top four teams were selected to be in there. Um, Georgia, I'm sorry, you lost in, in the SEC championship game, and sometimes it's that razor thin. Oregon, I think they're very good. I think I would have taken Georgia and Oregon over Florida State in this final, but I think that Texas has to be in. Uh, Bama had to be in as SEC champs. Washington undefeated final Pac-12 champs had to be in, and Michigan was the best team in the country throughout the season. So uh, they, I think they got it right with the top four. It just you're trying to fit six seven teams in a four games four team slot that's someone's got to get the shit under the stick and unfortunately it was the seminoles 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm on the other side. I think I'm on a Florida State deserves to be in their camp. I, they won, what, four games without their quarterback after they went down? So I mean, oh, yeah. they, still, oh, they yeah. still proved that they could win. They won the championship against a ranked opponent. It's a defensive team anyway. Like, I felt like they should have given a shot. They did all they could. They played the games. They won the games. And even the first college football playoff, Ohio State had to win it all with their third-string quarterback, and they did it. So I I, I, I felt it was a I, – I think they got a, more than just the short end of the stick there. But I do get it for ratings, for money. You've got to get an SEC team in there. And it, and it happens to be Alabama – who will be playing my Michigan Wolverines in the Rose Bowl. Lots of players in this game at Akiwu. Who are you excited to watch? Uh, well, let's start with the Alabama side of the football because believe it or not, there's not a whole lot to be uh, really keen in on. I mean, we got yeah. Ace McClellan, McClellan, who's a senior running back. We'll see him down in Mobile, uh, yeah. hopefully. He's got size, but he's not really been a mega producer. But we've seen guys from Alabama – uh, well, I don't know. Brian Robinson had a pretty damn good year in his fifth year at Alabama. Uh, but but M M Jace has only had 800 rushing yards. He's a good player, uh, but I don't know if I don't know if I'm excited about him. And then Jermaine Burton, another senior. What I do like about him is he's gotten better over the years. We've seen his receiving totals get better, uh, which is nice to see some uh, improvements. But this class is loaded at wide receiver. I don't know where he's going to fall out in terms of the sack because we're going to see some guys down in Mobile that are probably better than him, even though he's come from Bama. So uh, those are the guys. But the guy that I'm most excited to look for, someone who I've kind of fallen in love with as I've watched a lot of his tape, that's Jalen Milrow. I covered Jalen Milrow uh, in the first episode of Blue Chip, so uh, you can check all that out there. But this kid is sturdy. I mean, he has the frame of a Cam Newton, Anthony Richardson. He's just a little shrunken down. He's a couple inches shorter, uh, about 15, 20 pounds lighter than those guys. So he's not the freak that they are, but he's every bit as built at 6'2", 220 pounds. And he is an elite playmaker, elite playmaker. He's not afraid to throw downfield. He's not afraid to run the football. He is an elite playmaker. But what comes with the elite playmaking, he's a little too fearless. And I got to see him polish that up a little bit as he goes into um, his junior year next year in Alabama. But the kid is tough mentally. Right there on the podium, shouting out Bill O'Brien, calling him out for not believing in him. I love that dog in him. Love that moxie. And then if you remember, he was benched. Nick Saban wanted to see what else he had at the QB position. Benched Jalen Milrow uh, at some point in the season, only for him to come back and get the, the job back. He's only a four-star recruit, so he's not the, the, the high-end kid. Like Bryce Young was the highest-rated prospect at the quarterback position in program history. Right. That's not Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow is a dog. He's a worker, um, and I, I, I'm really, really excited to see him this this in the, in the, the fantasy of oh, fantasy plays, the, the college football playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see what he can do, too, even if it is against the Wolverines. It's always nice to see future prospects play off against elite defenses. Uh, it, it's it's where the money's made, right? It's playing against defenses like Michigan. On their offensive side of the ball, though, they've got some studs. Do you want to talk? Are, are, are any of them, you know, good to you? Because honestly, even as a Michigan fan, I don't think I'm excited about a single one except for maybe some potential value in Donovan Edwards. So I like the players on that side of the ball. I They're love – J.J. McCarthy. I just don't okay, think he okay. declares 
I don't think okay. he declares this year because um, it's just it's one of those classes we might see five guys taken in the first round. Uh, boy, yeah, that could be him, honestly. I think he could be a first-round pick. But I do think he goes back to school, especially if they get beat by Alabama. I think he goes back to give it one more run at the playoffs, one more run at the national championship. But he's got the size of 6'3", 200 pounds, so he's a little bit skinnier than Milrow. He's really, really effective throwing on the run. I think we will see that tomorrow night as he's getting chased around by some of the defenders on the Bama side of the defense. Uh, and his ball's got some zip. Uh, so I like I like J.J. McCarthy this year. I just don't think he he declares. I think he goes back to school and, and kind of gives it one more run at Michigan. But Blake Corum, Blake Corum, 5'8", over 200 pounds. I think the NFL is going to love Blake Corum. I think that the NFL is going to elevate – him up their draft boards in a way that us fantasy gamers do not like. I don't know how he's going to test. I think he'll be decent given his size. He's over 200 pounds, so he reminds me of like an Evan Hall, kind of that build, uh, if you can remember from Northwestern. Uh, but he's just a touchdown machine at Michigan. And the NFL keeps telling us year in and year out where these guys get drafted. Chris Rodriguez was a plug. He got drafted and was good last week in the fantasy semis. Um Brian Robinson, to the same team, was drafted where we were like, I don't know about him. He's proven to be a little bit better. Sometimes the NFL likes these touchdown magnets. And Blake Corum's coming from a prestigious program. He's coming, for, and he's going to do the right things. He's not flashy, but he's going to get the job done. So I think the NFL is going to like Blake Corum. And I'm excited to see it because, you know, we're talking about a kid who's been on the national scene for a couple of years, uh, got hurt late in the year. So I'm, I'm happy to see him be healthy for this playoff run. And you mentioned Donovan Edwards. I think Donovan Edwards is a better prospect than Corum, but he's really been – he's had a down year. So I don't know if he's going to come out or if he goes back for his junior year, much like Corum did last year. Uh, so Donovan Edwards is someone I'm excited about. I just don't – I don't know if he's going to come out this year. I, I yeah. don't know if you want to come out down here. I think I'm with you on him and McCarthy. Donovan Edwards, I think, could get drafted round four, maybe round yeah. five, and end up in a good spot. But he has some potential to increase the stock without Blake Corum next year. And then J.J. McCarthy, while he's been good, uh, he's really just only been effective. He hasn't been world-beating, really. And so I would like mm -hmm. to see a bit more from him before he takes that next step. I did want to highlight Roman Wilson a little bit as he is a senior wide receiver and Michigan doesn't pass the ball a ton. So seeing 662 yards and 11 touchdowns, that doesn't seem great. But when you also see that JJ McCarthy only threw for 2.6 K, that's a pretty decent margin or, or percentage of those yardage goings to him. Yeah. Got an interesting size at six foot one ninety, probably a day three pick, but if he ends somewhere, could be a good player, average athleticism. Like it's definitely going to be landing spot dependent, but we'll have our eyes on him on the senior bowl. So I think if we, he uh, against Alabama could be cool though. And I want to bring this up to, to your point. I have been, I'm guilty of hating wide receivers for Michigan. Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples Jones didn't like him, but they're still in the NFL. Nico Collins is about to break. He's having his breakout season. So yeah. sometimes these Michigan kids don't necessarily flash in the areas that get them on our radar right away, but if they go to the right landing spot, like you mentioned, is someone that could be exciting. So, Roman Wilson, uh, we'll see what he does here in the Rose Bowl. Cool. Great All name, right. too, by the way. Great name. It is, yeah. It just sounds good. It just like it sounds like a like a, like a little bit of cool, like a guy who's just going to randomly name. pop up. Like, uh, but let's just, since we're in the more important games, college football playoffs, who wins it? Alabama-Michigan. Uh, I'm going Bama. Roll Tide. I'm wearing the Michigan turtleneck. Busted it out for the episode, but... I think Alabama wins too. I really do think Alabama wins. 
Uh, I just I don't feel good about it. You've given Nick Saban too long to prepare, and they have a chip on their shoulder with so many people saying they don't deserve the spot. I just I I don't I don't I don't have much faith in my Wolverines. They they burned me too many times in bowl games to yeah. be too excited for this. But hey, if they'll win. I think they'll win it all. I do think that the winner of this game wins the national championship because the next game is Washington, Texas. And while these are some good teams facing off in the Sugar Bowl, just feel like one of Michigan or Alabama are the better teams for the national championship. But let's talk about Washington. Let's talk about Texas. Who are you eyeing in this game? So, of course, let's start with Penix Jr., uh, Heisman Trophy finalist. Um, He's probably played himself to at least be in the conversation to be a first-round pick. Um, I am getting more and more enamored with the possibility of the Seattle Seahawks taking him towards the end of the first round, keeping him in state. Geno Smith has said that he is okay mentoring a young guy, and he's been he's been prolific since he went to Washington. Um, lefty quarterback, so everyone's going to make the two comparisons, but I don't think it's necessarily apt. Uh, I don't see a lot of the similarities in their game. But the lefty, of course, is going to be unavoidable at that point. He's seasoned. He's been in the college forever. Um, but that doesn't mean he's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be bad. Someone, I think it was Anand Anduri on the Futurecast a few months ago, called him the Hendon Hooker of this class. And I think that's a good uh, comparison where Hendon Hooker, you know, he got he had the knee injury. So that kind of hurt his draft capital. But if you can remember a year ago, Hendon Hooker had some steam. He had some helium. So I think that's a good comparison for Penix Jr. Roma Dunsey, I'm just going to talk about it quickly. He, you're looking at a, a first-round pick, no doubt. 6'3", 200 pounds. Uh, he's a stud. He's a stud wide receiver. Um, he's a beast. This kid's. He has the prospect profile. He's the blue-chip prospect. He's doing it in the college level, and we'll get to see him at the national stage here in the Sugar Bowl, so I love that. But the guy I want to really talk about is the running back for Washington, and I believe – that Dylan Johnson is the most important running back to declare if he were to choose to do so. And here's why. Because I think his upside is up to the second best running back in the class, a class that we were losing Devin Neal. We're losing Rocket Sanders. We're not getting um, the premier talents that we thought we were. Trayvon Henderson might be going back to OSU, especially getting losing to Missouri. I could see him and Emeka Buka going back. Uh, but Dylan Johnson, I am falling in love with this kid the more and more I look into him. He transferred from Mississippi State, uh, which I think you could say is a positive for the the head on his shoulders, right? I mean, he made a good decision going to Washington. He's in the playoffs. He's got the size, six foot two eighteen. He only had 19 catches this year, uh, but that's because of how Washington used him. And this is why I love Dylan Johnson. He averaged 49 receptions at his years at Mississippi State. 49. Wow. The threshold that we like to see where you go, oh, you're, you know, you're getting on our radar is 20. Yeah, 25. no, yeah. You start getting the 30, you're like, damn, this dude's cooking. 49. He had 65 receptions in 2021. This That's is crazy. a kid that I love. He runs a lot of the shotguns. You see a lot of that. Um, and he he's pretty slippery for his size. I think he has Joe Mixon upside given his pass catching ability. This kid, man. Dylan Johnson is someone, if he tests well, I think he's going to shoot up the boards. And if you play fantasy, and I know you do because you watch him play a profile, you watch a wicked take right now on New Year's Day. Happy New Year, <laughs> by the way. 
this is a kid that you're going to want in redrafts. You're going to want in your rookie drafts. He's probably going to come at a bit of a value because I don't think the running back is going to be valued in, in general this year. That's why you're seeing a lot of them go back. I think that the advisors that are telling them where they could be drafted are telling them to uh, be careful. And that's why you're seeing a lot of guys go back. Um, so he's going to come at a value, but I think he could be a potential league winner in 2024. And I hate throwing out that that title this early because so much has to unfold. Uh, an injury will probably have to occur on his team for him to get this, but he's got three down upside. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good call. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, on Wake and Take. January 1st, 2024, tag that when Dylan Johnson ends up winning leagues in December of 2024. I love it. I think that that's fantastic. That reception call... I didn't even notice that in my research. That is amazing. I was just looking at his Washington stats. That is just spectacular. Putting that many receptions together as a running back. 62, you said, in a season? 65. That's that's impressive in the NFL. In college, it's, it's bonkers. That's great. Yeah, 10-game seasons or 12-game seasons, whatever. That's, that's just awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, on the Texas side of the ball, I just want to mention Xavier Worthy uh, because we talked about some speed. This is the guy I was hinting at later. He ran a 4.29 in high school. So in high school, he ran a 4.29. If you go check out his high school workout metrics on mm -hmm. playerprofiler.com, ridiculous speed. And he has some special teams chops as well with 360 return yards this year. I like guys who can produce all over the field, especially super speedy guys. And he had nearly 1,000 yards as a freshman at Texas. So I think that that's a guy he did declare Xavier worthy that I'm curious about his landing spot and also how he does in this game. I think this one's going to turn into a barn burner. There's going to be lots of scoring going around. If this guy who runs a sub four three in college <laughs> doesn't score at least two touchdowns, I don't know what happened in this game. So I, I'm definitely keeping my eye on him. I, I'm very excited to watch that prospect. And Jatavian Sanders, also a really good prospect. I think he, we would probably say he's the second best tight end prospect behind mm -hmm. Brock Bowers. Probably still a world of a difference, but really good workout metrics in high school as well. And 600 plus receiving yards in back-to-back -back seasons, which is just really, really good for a tight end. So I think those are two really, really good players. And I left a name on there, uh, Don A. Mitchell. Have you really heard anything about him? Because it seemed exciting, but his stats don't look great. So Donai Mitchell is a transfer from Georgia. Um, he's got the size, six foot, just around two hundred pounds, six foot four, right around two hundred pounds. Uh, he's someone that reminds me of an AJ Green when I watch him okay. play. Okay, um, he's very good. I think he will translate quite well to the NFL level because um, he, he he can win uh, in different ways. Something that's a little bit different than um, someone we talked about earlier in the show. Um, someone I mentioned that I didn't love at the beginning part of the show, Brian Thomas. Mm -hmm. I thought has a little bit of that in his game, so uh, maybe I'm being a little hypocritical in my scouting, but I'll, I'll kind of dive into that more as I go. Uh, but I think he's a second-round pick probably. Uh, could be back half of the back end of the first. I don't see that. I think there's just too many receivers. Where Xavier Worthy, uh, he's the guy that's going to creep into the first because that's speed. Um, high-end prospect, high-end recruit. This kid is um, – he checks the boxes for the NFL scouts to fall in love. He's got so much Hollywood Brown in his game. It's unbelievable. But that also includes the bad part of Hollywood Brown. But we did see Hollywood be a first-round pick and be productive at the NFL level. Uh, and Sanders. I want to talk real quick about Jatavian Sanders because okay. everyone's going to fall in love with Brock Bowers. Rightfully so. Brock Bowers is stuff. But Jatavian Sanders was a better high school recruit. He was the number one tight end recruit coming into Texas. He was a, a, a big get. He's bigger than 
Uh, Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers is 240. He's right around 260. And he, he is also a yak monster. He's not he's not the producer that Brock Bowers is. I'm not saying Sanders is better than Bowers. Bowers is unbelievable. But I do – I believe we see Sanders go in the first round of the NFL draft. If not, okay. it'll be in the second. Um, I think that teams to look out for like the Dolphins uh, that just will be enamored with his athleticism, be uh, all about a guy who's been productive on a team – that has other producers. I mean, we're talking about Worthy. We're talking about Mitchell. Both of those guys, uh, you know, together about 1,800 receiving yards. He still had 600-plus receiving yards this year. So he was able to get the job done. Like I said, with the ball in his hands, he's dangerous. He's athletic, um, and he's a, he's a big kid. He's a 6'4", 260, so he's a big kid. Um, yeah. Obviously, the quarterback, Quinn Ewers, one of the highest-rated quarterback prospects in the history of high school recruits. Um, he's going to go back for another year at Texas, probably the right move. Cause he's just going to get washed out with all the hype where next year it's kind of an open class. Will there be Milrow McCarthy Ewers? Mm-hmm. It's kind of an open class of who's going to seize that top quarterback. So I think that was a smart call for him. Um, he's going to go back to school, but uh, uh, we're, he's a good player. Very accurate. Um, smaller than you would like to see. I think he's only six, one under 200 pounds. Uh, but he, you know, give him more time, give him more time to marinate. Um, and the last guy that I'm going to talk about because Jonathan Brooks had a season-ending knee injury. I think Jonathan Brooks, had he stayed healthy, might have been my number one running back. He was so good at Texas. But the guy who he's taking over is a a stud freshman, C.J. Baxter. You want to talk about a kid that you will be impressed with the second you watch that game? Uh, you're going to be like, who is it? he's huge, six one two twenty freshman, true freshman, five star recruit. Number one running back in the class, number seven or number eight best player, best player coming out of the state of Florida when he came out last year. And if you know it's about high school recruits, Florida's a hotbed. You're talking about studs that come out of Florida. So to be yeah. top ten is a big deal. And he's only it's a smaller sample size because Jonathan Brooks was RB1 when he was healthy, but he's a positive in the past game. Uh and like I said, he's not easy to tackle because he's a big kid. So I'm excited to see uh some CJ Baxter too. That's pretty – 220 pounds as a freshman is ridiculous. I don't know what his parents were beating him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you have Alabama winning the Rose Bowl. Who's winning the Sugar Bowl? Hook them horns, baby. Going Longhorns. All right, I've got got Texas too. So we both feel like an Alabama-Texas rematch. Who's winning it all? Who's winning the national championship? Alabama, you're not beating Nick Saban twice in a calendar year. Not a calendar year, but twice in a year. I'm, I'm with you too. This is Alabama's year. You know, they're counting out all season and then they sneak into the playoffs and win it all. How exciting is that? <laughs> I guess we can't talk Patriots fans for years. Yeah, uh, I'll I, take it. Yeah, if I, I love it. If I'm a, if I'm a Bama fan, yeah, you know, dynasties, dynasties are kind of cool. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. All right, Maddie, thank you so much for joining me. Where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on X at Matty Kiwoom. Here at Player Profile, I've got the game plan. Uh, we're going to be taking a little hiatus as the season wraps up, but we'll get the offseason cracking soon. Trade Gods will be back soon enough as Jason and I kind of go back into the dynasty trade well. Future cast, blue chips here at Player Profile. And then if you can't get enough of me, patreon.com forward slash executives. Yes, go check out Maddie everywhere. We'll definitely keep you tuned when Trade Gods returns. And make sure you tune into Wake and Take again tomorrow as I will be back breaking down NFL again. We'll be talking about everything that happened in the championship week, the people who won your championships, the people who lost it, all of that fun stuff. So make sure you tune into that as we wrap up the 2023 fantasy football season. 
on Wake and Take, start moving towards Dynasty playoffs, all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. But thank you guys for a fantastic 2023. I hope you had a great New Year's Eve, and I hope you have a great 2024. I'll see you all tomorrow. Peace.